This is Lisa. And this is Maya. And you're listening to the Getting There podcast. Three, two, two, one. (laughs) (laughs) That was an effort to to try and speak at the same time. Or recording. Yes. Because we're in widely different places again. Again. Well, same places as last time. It seems like you're the only one who's gone. But no, no, I think you were in Switzerland the last time. No, I was here. You were. You were gone, quite sure. Um, well, but yes, where are you in the world? I am back home in my hometown in Sweden. I think it's quite the fitting place to be for this podcast because almost exactly two years ago that I moved to London and now I'm back here in Sweden and we're going to talk about the differences in culture again. We did do it, this already, but... But there's so many you need to. I think to. it's quite a nice little like full circle moment for me at least. Exactly. Well, I haven't... It's not my two-year anniversary just yet. I think I moved no. on the 14th of October. I actually don't remember. But it's been two years. That's insane. Yeah, I remember it was the 14th when you moved in. Well, bear with us if it's a bit different than usual, but um, we're not used to this distance between us. Yeah. So maybe, despite us being here for almost two years, we're recording this on the 11th of September, and... On was it on Friday? I forgot now. I think Thursday, ninth of September. On Thursday, though, I think she died on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, which Thursday, was the eighth. Oh, I was so sure it was the ninth that she died. Okay, maybe eighth then. Sorry. Well, if you're confused at who we're talking about, um, maybe like come out of your stone behind the moon. Um, the queen died. Yep disclaimer we're very sorry for the personal aspects um she had a family and she was a lovely person but we're talking about her as an icon maybe as a soft power icon yes of the uk and i was quite well where where were you when you i was in a meeting i was in a meeting and everyone was texting me at the same time saying the queen's dead i was like oh my god yeah um, I was getting out of the office, which is a media office, news office. Um, so throughout the whole day, I was quite um, aware of the fact that she was going to die, um, which was quite crazy. I've never had such a foreshadowed death, I think. Yeah, like I've yeah. Read, I've read an article of her death before she actually died, because obviously media people have to like have that in mind. Yeah, they have to be on it. And it's quite crazy. Well, she, and that's, I think, why I don't really, why I have a very distant view of her death, because she doesn't seem like a real person if you, like, read about her dying before she actually dies. Whatever. She's just another that's old not, lady. We, we're not talking about the Queen. Um, but I think the Queen is one of the examples where I'm like, shit, I actually am not British. Like, the royal family. Um, very, very weird concept. Yes, very weird concept for me. Me as, well, we're a direct democracy, so politically it's very weird, but also the whole shabang and, like, praise the family. Not praise the family gets, but, like, they're... I mean, they're royals. Insane. I mean, we have royals in Sweden, but I always saw them as almost, like... It's really, like, side characters. I feel like Elizabeth is really, like, a main character, (laughs) But I think the king in Sweden, people are kind of 
I mean, they feel fondly towards him, but it's almost like okay, the fun uncle <laughs> instead of like the yeah. patriarch of the company. And I mean, he could. People are always laughing. He could at be him. replaced, right? Like it's there has to be a king, I guess, but like it could be any king. Whereas with Elizabeth, it was like now everyone's like, "Who the fuck is Charles?" Like it doesn't. It's less about well, it's mm-hmm. about the monarchy as well, but like she was adored by everyone in the country and yeah and because she was reigning for so long as well i feel like like if you're our age your your parents have only had her as a queen and your grandparents have probably also like from what they remember only have had her as a queen like that's that's insane that's like three generations of being the the head of the country and I feel like if you have that strong of a of a seat already yeah I can see it from the outside that it would have that big of an impact but how London is looking I just saw it from when I was on the coach to the mm. airport on Friday like these big billboards of her like it's insane to me that would never happen in Sweden if the king died <laughs> and that's like people would be like oh well yeah, it's it's on like barbershops have like huge posters of her, like a barbershop for men with like their beards and then there's this huge picture of Queen Elizabeth and like ah oh, her majesty, <laughs> whatever. We don't want to make this about the Queen, but that's an example for why we feel foreign. Yes, because I think maybe that's where we should start with this, that we have lived here for two years, almost two years. For you, I will, I'm going to say that's two years for you as well. And I still feel very much like a foreigner. It, and certainly in certain situations where I'm a, when I'm around British people. Um, I feel like a Londoner, but I would never mm. call myself even remotely close to being British. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say I... And I, I think it's, it's quite interesting the points at which you feel very foreign. Yeah, I think... Because I almost wanted to disagree because I was like, no, I actually never feel foreign. But then there are those mm-hmm. moments, like once a month, where I get almost like ripped out of the stream of like belonging to this country. Not that I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, I, yeah, I don't want to be exactly. British, I, but um, I always, yeah, I always feel like it's only in those moments that I understand that I'm in Britain and not just in London, mm, yeah. like. It's almost like I disregard the rest of British culture, but when I cannot uh, understand it or when I cannot connect with it myself, then I'm like, oh my God, I'm in Britain right now. They have a whole yeah. different culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very interesting way of perceiving yourself, like in those specific moments. It's almost like you get this like outside perspective where you're like, like a sim, yeah. like looking around, where am I? <laughs> Who do I belong to? I mean, we have already had a similar episode like this. Um, And I remember we were talking about London specifically, how how it does seem like a separate universe in a way, and it doesn't seem like to belong to Britain. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think we have, well, we set ourselves to task to find three instances or moments or anecdotes where we have felt extremely foreign to British culture or where, yeah, I think that's that's it, right? Yeah. I phrased it in my notes. I phrased it as three things I don't understand that bother me. <laughs> it's just, it bothers me that British culture is that way. It's like, not sitting right. Just as a disclaimer, we did not 
necessarily intend this to, to be negative, but I don't think I've got a single positive. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make like, oh, like three stars and three wishes or whatever you did in school when you're reading each other's <laughs> essays. But and there are very, like, there are very endearing things about British culture as well, but it's just not as fun to talk about. So I'll just scrap no. the stars and I'm only going for the wishes. Exactly. All right, do you want to start? I'll start with the first one. I think the the this one is probably the most like all encompassing one that I have, and it's that I feel like it's a jungle to figure out what someone actually thinks about anything. In that <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I if I ask someone if they want a slice of cake and they say no, I will take that as a no, <laughs> and I will in the process seem like an absolute dick and you'll eat the whole cake yourself <laughs> and i will eat the whole cake myself and if i <laughs> i just don't understand what why is, is this language so ineffective culture so ineffective like if you want something just say yes if you don't want it say no like i feel like it's it, it could be so much easier with this point i've got a similar point but i really do think that's well culture influences language and the other way around of course yeah but it's a huge language problem because i think even if a british person would want to say yes of course they can say yes but like they'd say i don't mind i don't mind can we just stop and like <laughs> abolish this word from everyone's vocabulary and that's so frustrated. Yeah. What do you mean? And I think if we break that down, they say, I don't mind. It, it, first of all, it doesn't make sense grammatically. Of course you <laughs> mind. You have a mind. Like, like, it doesn't mean anything when you say that. <laughs> You're just saying that you don't... I don't know. I mean, this also flows into our opinions of episode that we're so fussed about people having opinions about everything. Yes. But... I mean, but it doesn't mean they don't have an opinion. That's the problem. We kind of have to feel it. Like So, example, cake example. There's a piece of cake left. And then mm-hmm. you ask into the round, or you ask a person specifically, would you like that piece of cake? And that person would be like, I don't mind. Then you're like, okay. How are we supposed to? It's not even that you say no. That happens quite a lot. I wait for another response after I don't mind, but it just doesn't come. And I'm like, well, have you answered my question? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like an answer to me. And then, so to be fair, if it's like a whole group of people, if there's four people around the table and there's only one slice of cake left, yeah. I'll be like, it, does anyone want the slice? Like, does anyone feel like they want another slice? Mm-hmm. And then mm. if everyone's like, mm. no, you have it, it's fine. And but it says more know, just, than I don't mind. Like, I don't mind literally says nothing. Yeah, it really says nothing, yeah. And another one. Yes. Another I don't mind is, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. I can't be That's fussed. Like- <laughs> it's just rude to me. When I hear that, I'm just like, did I say something wrong? Like, it's just like... Of course you can be bothered, like... Yeah, and it's another one that's just... I can't be... It, it's actually really, like, dismissive when you think about that. I, I cannot be bothered by that thing, so I won't do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> so it's like a full no. It's, it's really funny, actually, when you think... I've never thought of that. Would you like to go to the cinema? I can't be bothered. To me, that signals, like, can you can you not move your legs to go to the cinema? Or, like... 
where like why or it's such a bother to be in a cinema like that's not a bother (laughs) that's a nice thing you just can't well I guess it's a it's a bother to get there right that's what they mean like I can't be bothered to like book tickets and to walk kind of thing maybe I don't know we're definitely over analyzing this but yeah and um, I'm also feeling like there are definitely things in Swedish when you say that and it just doesn't make sense as well but this is just our perspective because that's that's the waters we're swimming in. If we're going to use that language again as well. That's <laughs> our waters, waters, so they don't feel foreign to us. But when we're yeah. in foreign waters, all of these things just come to the surface. Yeah. Oh. Should I do my next one? Okay, you go. My next point, very overarching, is the cultural language. I didn't know how hard it is to, like... Well, I, I think I have no, like, problems of understanding in terms of grammar. But, like, the mm-hmm. cultural language takes so long to learn. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you mean by cultural language, first of all? Like, slang. Exactly, like, like I don't mind would be one of them. Okay, yeah, yeah. All of, so all of these things that we're talking about together kind of thing. Yes, yeah. perfectly understand what it means, I don't mind, but you don't know what it implies. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard to learn that because, like, you can't look it up. You can't look mm-hmm. up what it implies. Well, you we can, but Urban Dictionary probably. But, yeah. Um, I don't trust Urban Dictionary. Last Friday, I went for drinks after work. And that's one of the rare instances where I'm actually surrounded by British people. Um, so I wasn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. really before. Um, and we... I had half a pint. I... Well, I cannot drink alcohol whatsoever so I was quite tipsy after half a pint but (laughs) I was like standing around with three other people that like my age range like similar like values there was nothing different or like majorly contrasting other than our nationality they were all British and they were like because they were drinking as well so they were like kind of like riling each other up and like I don't know, they were, like, making jokes and stuff, and they were, like, laughing, uh-huh. and one after the other, and blah, 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 blah. And I just did not, um, like, I actually stood there, and I wasn't that drunk. But I did not understand what they were talking about. Like, no, <laughs> I, I can't tell Isn't you what it was funny? about. That's so interesting that that can happen when you know a language, and you've yes. lived there for two years. It's insane. Like, and I, like, tried to, like, chip in, but, like, it didn't. It was the British humour as well, which is another sub-point. Like, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. hard to, to learn that. And I was, again, that was one point where I was like, how have I lived here for two years? And I was completely, like, I was helpless. <laughs> I and I think that's, actually, that feeds into my next point as well. Because I think a lot of that, like, when people get into that banter, I know exactly what you mean. They get into the, that banter and it, you just kind of pick up words and you know some of the slang that they're using. But you're just in a, like, you feel like you're inside a cloud and you don't know. And the word banter itself is very interesting, I think. Because we don't have Banting. something like this. Like, you can say there's an expression, I think, where you say, oh, she's got banto. Like, we had... Or is she is good banto. She is I'm good banto. Sure it's a very weird, like, that doesn't... I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe it's a very both. nice expression, I think, because we don't have that in German. Like, it's someone who can, like, speak well, who you can have, like, a fun conversation with, or who's, like, witty and, like, mm-hmm. quick, which I'm definitely not uh-huh. in English. But, like, yeah, continue your point. But it's a very interesting word. I feel like in... 
the in settings with alcohol in it that just get amplified and it, it's just just banter the banter gets uh like there's a lubricant on the banter <laughs> and the banter just gets amplified and it's just banter the whole conversation is just banter instead of a, actual words you know yeah and i feel like every socializing point every time you have like a connection with another human being or if you're like intently socializing there is alcohol involved in British culture. Yeah. And it yeah, was, was just so, so... I think at this point, <clears throat> I am sadly... I, I think I'm more like this now, that kind of if you're hanging out with someone, there is a possibility of you drinking alcohol. But back in Sweden, it would be such a weird thing for uh, yeah. like to take a, like to have a beer if you're taking a walk. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you're taking a walk with someone on a weekend... At like three p.m. and they're just like, "Oh, should we have a beer?" Yeah, and it's not a weird thing. Yeah, but if I would do that in Sweden, they would think I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I remember when I just moved here, like within like the first two months or something. Before lunchtime, I was on a walk in London, and I saw two guys. They were just having their morning walk at beer. <laughs> like they, t- they had like a takeaway beer from a pub, and I was just so confused about because they didn't like they weren't like weird people they were just normal guys having like a catch-up after a middle a class week. good job probably two dogs and they had a beer yeah. in their hand and it was like 10 a.m yeah no, <laughs> i just don't understand but to me now that almost seems normal yeah well i think i've kind of normalized it because i like participate now like in it as well now and i can't obviously can't like have such a judgmental attitude yeah because it's it so now. hard to say because if you're in a conversation with someone and they think it's normal to just go for a beer at 3 p.m. Yeah. On, a, on a Sunday, then you saying no is suddenly weird. You know, even if you were used to saying yeah. like to not have that. And it's not as like our yeah. like, perception or how we... Like, there's no right or wrong there as well. Like, it's... So, at home, I think it would be weird to have a beer before five yes yes i would agree yeah and that but there's no reason like why not have it at three if you've got time it's a drink it's nice yeah if you're funny yeah great why not and you might not have a hangover the next day you know yeah yeah love that um but i i'm gonna talk there's gonna be a lot of office talk here i really hope no one listens to this but (laughs) i i think i told you about that conversation but i don't know it was a couple of weeks ago and we had drinks it was a Thursday it was a very slow office day and they were like oh let's just like stop working and have drinks and get drunk it was 3 p.m office <clears throat> we were having beers outside on the terrace and I think someone asked me actually quite the similar question we're posing now but someone asked me what was the weirdest thing when I came to Britain or what was the most annoying thing I think what did I think was the most annoying thing about Britain? And I said the alcohol culture. And there were quite... So, again, I was the only um, non-British person there. And they actually didn't know what I meant. Like, they were like, what do you mean? And they didn't know it was such a, like, stereotype for non-British people to think that British alcohol consumption yeah. is absolutely, like, unreasonable. And they were like, what do you mean? But like, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I just think it's very weird that whenever I do meet up, here in London, like, there's some kind of alcohol involved. Even though I don't meet up with a British person necessarily, we've just all adapted. Like, it's... And that's kind of sad. Like, why do you have to 
can you not have a normal conversation without alcohol? I mean, I get that it's a social lubricant, but should you? Do you really need that when you're friends with someone? Exactly. Like if you're, if you have like an honest relationship, I feel like there is maybe this is maybe it's because it's a it's a peach culture and they haven't gotten into the the pit yet. That's exactly what I told them as well. <laughs> yeah, like when me and I talk about British culture in our daily lives, this is a very handy term that I got to learn in my first year in psychology. It's like um, an analogy for different types of culture. So you could have a coconut culture, which is a very hard shell, like Swedish culture is like that, I'd say. It takes too. very very much to get in to, to get to know someone and you wouldn't just talk to a stranger on the street yeah you basically you have to, to knock them, open your head on their shell you're like <laughs> yeah exactly you have to like use force yeah to get in but then once you're in it's this lovely sweet i'm not gonna describe it as a coconut <laughs> inside that's just weird but it's it's accessible okay it's, it's the whole person <laughs> a very white environment as well very fitting it's white <laughs> white fleshy juicy white soft juicy <laughs> she's in sweden ladies and gentlemen um. <laughs> but the, the opposite is true for british people which is it's very easy to get to know someone on a very basic level mm. or like because there's so much alcohol yeah yeah. yeah, exactly, because of the alcohol, it just softens it up, you know? <laughs> and then <laughs> to actually get to the heart of the person, when you don't need the alcohol, perhaps, to have a good time, yeah. I'm we, we are very much shitting on British people right now, <laughs> but it takes a lot of hard work to get into the pit of a yeah. peach. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, I also told that to them. I also asked them, um, would you feel like you could have a normal conversation with people without the alcohol involved? And they couldn't really answer me because they were like, and they were like, I actually don't know because I've never, I don't think I've ever experienced Never really that. tried, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mean, I think British, maybe this is just London British people because I've heard that in, in other places. I, I never really go outside of London. That's also like a little fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard outside of London people will have a little conversation with you on the street. But I think it's still just the peach level, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah like, it's just, a, it's just a shell. It's not actually... Yeah. I mean, we've been stressing a lot, but I think our alcohol consumption has gone up a lot too. Yeah. During those two years. That's also lockdown's fault, though. Yeah, but also summer and stuff. I don't know, like... Also, <laughs> the social pressure of having a full pint. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. You don't feel that? Um, no, I don't. I I don't have any problems with having a oh. full pint, but I mean, I do feel very silly buying us a, a half pint when everyone else is sitting there with a full exactly. pint. I feel like a little child. I was laughed at on Friday because I was the only one with you half were? a pint. Yes, <laughs> it's almost worth buying the full pint and then just not drinking half of it. Yeah, totally. Which is just, just like you have a full pint in your hand. What's that's the I know. That's the that's the price we pay. We do okay. not promote alcohol consumption in this podcast. <laughs> no, have a half pint. I think we've had enough alcohol talk. We need another point, another pint. Yeah, I think my last one and my biggest one, the one that I feel is hindering me the most in my daily life, that comes up the most, is mm. the simple fact 
that how are you doesn't mean how are you. It just means hi. So <laughs> yeah, and I think I've, yeah. If you're asking me how I am, <laughs> and then you just walk past me when I answer, it's just it's just rude. It is just rude. <laughs> but you're not supposed to answer. I think I've gotten better at it now, but just imagine walking through the office and every person who you pass doesn't say hi, but says, hi, how are you? The sweat and tears I go through during those three seconds, because I'm like, it's not an automatic response yet. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm good, how are you? <laughs> and I would, oh, I'm a bit tired, I'm but they're actually just five meters behind you at that point. Yeah, and then they, but then they kind of like look back at you like, oh, why are you answering it? It's just horrible. But yeah, I mean, there's different ways of asking because I feel like how are you is definitely not asking how you are. But are you right? I think that might imply some more interest. I mean, sometimes they say that as well. And I just, I have a very hard time gauging what is what at this point like sometimes they actually are yeah. asking and then if I read that as them just saying hi and I say just hi back <laughs> that's just me as well so I don't know how to how to get out of the yeah. situation I think do you have a third one I it kind of aligns um, with that yeah. one as well and um, for me it's this weird notion of being direct or being indirect I mean we've it's been in all of those points kind of but mm-hmm. With the example of how are you? You are asking how someone is, but you don't really care. Mm-hmm. People are just very, I don't know, I feel like I think British people have a huge problem. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just like diagnosing the whole population right now. I feel like British culture has a problem of speaking their mind, which we've had before, which is again directors, but just. They're unable to, like, express difficult things as well. It's just, like, a fear of, like, disrupting the fun banter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're, like... Like, it's it's all fun and games, but you don't want to, like, talk. No, exactly. And, like, if you're criticising anything, you have to embed it in so much, like, fluff before you can actually say what you want to say. Yeah. And I feel like that makes it worse. Or make you make it a joke, or a joke, kind of. yeah. Or you say you like yeah. mask it as a compliment, but it's actually like, like a real criticism. And then I think the hypocrisy with the directness is that British humor is just so direct, like dark British humor, uh-huh. right? Like all the jokes are so dark and so like. I think every joke that is made in this country is like directed towards a person I mean it's satire of course but like it's always at the expense of someone like making fun of that person so they're very direct when it's funny but then is it funny or is that just your way of being direct because you can't be direct in normal language oh god that's a really interesting hypothesis (laughs) yeah maybe that's the only way that they can actually express what they feel through sarcasm or through like I feel like we have to edit this episode. It's so horrible. Yeah, I mean, we love British people as well. Yeah. We wouldn't be living there if we didn't, but... No, we love them. (laughs) All these things are, like, so minor, but, like, if you actually think about what they are, they're so minor, and I think 
the difference between my home country, Sweden, and the UK are so minimal. Like, there are countries that are way more different to Sweden than the UK. But still, these small things are still bothering me and making me feel so out of place still. And I think it just goes to show how obsessed we are about fitting in, like, as humans. The slightest show of abnormality in and cultural signals just feels like the biggest thing ever and you feel like the weirdest person in the room yeah and I think that's a very good point you or you said something about it being about yourself because it's really like it sounds like we're we're shitting on British culture but it's really like it's it's like our anxieties about not fitting in yeah exactly because those are not bad things it's just like very different to us and it makes us feel bad about ourselves so again it's a me it's like an us thing it's not a problem of no no like that's great because it's there's they're the same like weird things about every single language probably every single culture they'll have these weird Mm. things but when you're born into it they just make sense to you like when, when I don't understand when my coworker points at a dust roller and says that it has gone on a waft. I'm sorry. I, that, me not understanding that will just make me feel shit. <laughs> Apparently, it means that it's a bit, like, wonky. It's, it's like, faulty. <laughs> gone on a waft? What does that mean? And I just, I think it's kind of cute how much, how much value, we, value we put into our cultural context and how desperate we are to fit in. I'm cute. Is it cute? Did you say? I think it's cute. I, th- I th- when I think of these things, I think humans are cute. Yeah. Because they're just so desperate to yeah, to be loved, to be and yeah, to true. have a context and have a community. Yeah. And again, I don't think like I never feel like I'm made, being made fun of because I don't understand these. Things. Like sometimes, but like in no, a loving I think way. People think it's nice yeah. when you're not. Yeah. Like there's no fully pressure to like be British at all but we kind of want to do we want to no so this is what I'm feeling like during the last maybe six months to a year I've felt so like I've gotten so many more of these cultural signals Mm. and I think I've become more British in like how I Mm. act and (laughs) and I don't get the sense that British people want that from me I feel like British people like both pe- people in the UK that I know, like my co-workers, my friends, my boyfriend, and people in Sweden, hate that I'm becoming more that way. Like, they don't want me to assimilate. <laughs> we actually had, we, Lisa, we had a conversation about this. Just a quick, like, breach into this. We actually, Alana and me had a conversation about you being very British now.
I know, you don't want to be stable. No, I know, but like you, you want to have like a core that's you. Otherwise, yeah, it's so but like, feeble. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say like saying higher or I'm so knackered, which I've started saying now. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like that's like changed my DNA. I think my DNA is still the same. <laughs> no, yeah, your DNA is the same, but I, I don't know, I think, uh, I get a sense of losing my identity when I, when mm. I change these cultural signals. So do you not want to, do you not want to assimilate fully? I, no, I don't want to assimilate fully because I, I want to see myself as, like the picture of me that I have, but that is only based on my past experiences. And the context I'm in now is very different from my past experiences. So it makes sense that it'll change. Mm. But I just don't like the fact because I have that image in my mind that's, an assimilation of all those past experiences yeah I think your self-perception is always lagging not your but one's self self-perception is always lagging behind a few months does that make sense because mm-hmm. that takes like a time to like develop and like you change quicker than you like adapt to the change oh, in yeah. your mind if that makes sense so I think like I was extremely uncomfortable saying higher when I started mm-hmm. singing, because I was working in a British coffee shop, yeah. so I started yeah, singing, too, yeah. and I was like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Who the fuck am I becoming? Yeah. And now I love it. And the same will be with Yeah, and now it's just and, like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, it's cute. Um, but actually, this is getting very long, but on the point of losing yourself, or like what you think you... Or losing my Swissness, for example, I was home too a week ago and I was hanging out with my best friends in the kitchen we were talking and they used this word I'm well it doesn't make sense if I like translate it now but they were basically saying das ist stabil which basically means this is very stable so someone showed my friend something which was like a good thing and she was like that's (laughs) very stable and I did not I was like and then someone else said it and I was like are you kidding like what are you saying <laughs> I by being not being there for two months I lost like access to my own language <laughs> yeah. and it's the first the first thing first time that's happened and it was really shocking to me yeah because I felt like a grandma not understanding the young generation I was because yeah it was one I word that yeah. completely I completely lost context because I was like does stable mean good or bad it was crazy yeah it's like um it's really heartbreaking because you feel such a strong connection for, to that place and then you're not... You actually have a Switzerland shirt on right now, can I just say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you Very obviously love the place, place, but you have like a disconnect. I, I, yeah, it's a really heartbreaking thing to because it, it's, it is so like yeah. central. Like the language and these small little mannerisms that yeah. you have. Even if it's not your culture, maybe maybe it is just your family culture, like the, a thing you do, like the way you move your hands yeah. when you talk or something. I move my hands a lot when I talk. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just feel like that's a really integral part of who I am. And I, I think that's why it bothers me so much, all these things about British culture that I just don't understand. And that bothers me. Yeah, totally. Because we are trying 
the impossible of being like part of two cultures or like feeling more one culture but being like in another culture so Mm -hmm. you're trying to like obviously assimilate but you're also like losing access to the old one um but also trying to get a settlement status for this country just saying (laughs) yeah so that we can stay and be more British exactly we're like we keep reminding ourselves that we have to stay in this country for five years and it's actually like I don't know maybe I'll think about this can we even get a British passport how do we get a British passport how does one get a British (laughs) passport we need to get do we not need to be citizens to have a British passport no I know someone at work he's Brazilian and I think he lived here for 10 years and now he's Brit. Ah, uh, maybe he got married. Oh, that might be, yeah. Maybe it's both. I think, do you not need to, like, take a test or something? Like, take a quiz? Yeah, but that is after a few years. Like, you need to know about yeah, all these but things. but after a few years only. Or you get married. You definitely know. need to know who Prince Charles... No, King Charles is. King Prince! Yeah, I didn't that know. That's insane he to me. That's King Charles. I know. Do you? They're gonna change all the the banknotes. That's insane. I know. I know. And um, what are they gonna do about the national anthem? Is it gonna be God save the king now? God save the queen. <laughs> I can't. I can't do this Swiss one. I can't do. It. Okay, we do, we're not gonna sing national anthems now. But to conclude, we love both of our countries. All of our countries. Yes, we love. British culture, but we also like terrified of becoming British. Yes, exactly. But you know, I think it's inevitable. I think it's happening. It's in the works because we have to stay for another two years, Maya. I even have a British phone number now. That's also a thing. I was so opposed to getting a British phone number, and now I got one. <laughs> it and then so I, long. And then I got home a week ago and I was without data because the country didn't take me back in so it's because you're not in the EU either the Swiss I mean well we love the UK we love you British people um yes I cannot wait to get back home yeah it's very (laughs) nice here even though it's raining yes all right Thank you so much for listening about <laughs> to us, like rambling about British culture for I don't know how for the long. Second time, like forty minutes. Yes, for a second time because there's so much to say. Probably a third time as well. Yeah. In a year, we'll do another one, and we'll bring you new words, and we'll probably have a more British fake accent. As yeah, well. we'll actually have like a fully British vocabulary by then. All right. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you in two weeks. Bye.